I'm here with David Donahue from Etten Games, who would be, how would you describe yourself other than the operator of a friendly local game store? Oh, uh, adventurer uh, extraordinaire. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm, uh, let's see, well, uh, I'm a high school uh, social studies teacher. Okay. Uh, I also ha- have been the owner or involved with the ownership of Etten Games for eight years. I'm uh, also organizer of MagCon, which is a, a fundraiser for the school I teach at, and that's actually. We've been doing that for like 12 years. And for those of you that actually listen to the podcast, you'll remember that this year we hit MagCon That's and gave right. you our review on that and had a great time. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I was glad to have you there. Um, and so we've been at that, and then I like to travel. My, my wife and I, we do a lot of road trips, so we, we, do, we do that. We like to go to a lot of national parks. We've been at this point to... 187 national park sites. And you got a podcast for that now, right? I do. The go ahead, roaming plug buffalo. away. There you the go. Roaming buffalo, roamingbuffalo.us. We love shameless self-promotion yes. here. And you can find it on like the Apple Podcast, Spotify as the the Roaming Buffalo. So, it's we I've got about 10 episodes under my belt and this it's a, a little bit of a labor of love and still working on that. And I just comp- wrapped up like an 8 episode arc dealing with uh, a trip to Glacier National Park for that. Also trying to get into doing some podcasts. We've had um, done some YouTube videos uh, for Etten uh, called Slain with Dice. Yeah, actually our very astute listeners will remember uh, the first one. I don't know if it was the first one you did ever or first or second where you did the uh, it was the monster stat, monster tracker stat trackers. Yes, the stat trackers. Yeah. And you sold me on that immediately. That was su- that was so good, and that's such a good product. And I think, man, you've just sold those like crazy, haven't you? Yeah, that's uh, so. That's Top Dog Games does those, and uh, the stat trackers have been. They still are for fifth edition. My number one accessory that I yeah. recommend to folks, just because they're so useful. Right. I mean, it's just. If you're already like a lot of people are already doing that initiative tracking with the uh, folded index cards, mm-hmm. and so this is like a, it's a no brainer because basically it has it's that same concept, but they've already got a, a little mini character sheet printed on it for the character ones, and you have your characters fill it out, and then the DM has all of that information at their fingertips and never has to tip their hand if, it, if they need to make a check for something, uh, and then there's uh the uh the the fact that the core box set you know being it has almost all of the monster manual yep. stuff pre-printed Fantastic. on it. I, it's great because i never have to crack the monster manual i yep. have all the stats right there so i i if you use a screen and use that i i that's my number one recommendation yeah. so yeah that's what i try to do i try to find stuff that products that i have the few episodes i have done on that uh and try to show them off I've, I've thought about trying to do that in a podcast format um i guess part of the challenge is like i'm not sure um how that necessarily translates because it's one thing obviously if you're talking about uh, I, I think like rules or something mm-hmm. like that or concepts or themes or whatever uh, having or a general gaming discussion or something along those lines and i i think it's something 
when you're trying to say, oh, wow, look how beautiful this product is. And I can say that, but it's, you know, if I could show you the artwork oh, yeah. and the layout of it, that's a different thing. So that's something I'm still trying to kick around and, uh, and, and, and mess with because uh, I really would like to do more with that. And we, we're trying to get more of that media with Etten Games. I've got one of my employees who's um, a really awesome painter for instance and mm. so we have like the artistic et and and we're, we're looking to to expand that and he just does he sh he highlights some of the hobby products that maybe people aren't aware of or he shows like techniques like he did one more how to paint translucent minis which you know it, these little 10 15 minute videos that can just be really helpful for for novice painters if you know people looking to to do uh to, to do some of these techniques that they think maybe are too advanced uh, or they don't have an idea and he can he's he's very he's very good at uh, presenting those and we've done some stuff for like magic and some board games and stuff like that and we're looking to to try to uh, expand on that um, but uh, obviously one of the things I, I run into is for me personally is is I, I I want to do all these things, but there's only so many hours in the day yeah. <laughs> because of juggling so many hats sometimes that it's uh, it's a challenge, uh, which is uh, one reason recently I ended up a couple months ago, I finally officially got like a store manager mm -hmm. in, in, at, at uh, Chad Stubblefield uh, to sort of oversee the day-to-day the -day operations. Um, because we are growing and expanding, and so I think it was really time for that to happen. Because, yeah, I'm a I'm a full time teacher, and then I have this other full time job, and yeah. then, uh, you know, there's a couple months out of the year, especially uh, especially in the early spring, where things start heating up and trying to put together MagCon. Uh -huh, and, I can imagine, and that's I I have a few people to help out, but it's generally kind of a um, a, a, a one-person show as far as the overall um, organization of it, like putting the website and stuff like that and getting that mm -hmm. set up. It's getting a little it's getting a little easier sometimes of yeah. finding the right tools over the years and um, using tabletop.events. Yep. Somebody introduced me to that, and that has been uh, a game changer. Makes makes things a lot easier. Did you ever use Warhorn? We did. Yeah. And initially, we used Warhorn. Um, because uh, several years ago, when we first got started, um, a, lo a lot of the uh, um, it was actually Pathfinder Society in Houston, mm -hmm. and they used I think they still do use it um, for scheduling their games, and so we used that for um, our early MagCons, and then, mm -hmm. but there was a, com a combination of that with. Um, the you know you had to integrate it with the web, our websites over the sort of like sort of back and forth there, sort of mashing those together, and then tabletop dot events just made it a lot easier you know to it's so user friendly yes uh, so I really so like last year when they were struggling because of all the cancellation of events I was more than happy to to uh, kick them some money you know to donate some stuff because I was like. I definitely do not want that tool going away yeah. because it really, it helps us um, with MagCon and that's MagCon, M-A-G-C-O-N dot org. Um, 
And is it in Humble? That's actually it's actually in or New sp- Caney. Okay. So which yeah, yeah, is yeah. just That's north right. of, of um, it's pronounced Humble to H Humble. silent. Yes. There's too many uh, towns in Texas to try yeah. to remember your yes. uh, pronunciation. And I have to say it, it, the problem is I've grown up in that area for so long, so now when I see the word humble you say I it. always want to go umble. humble. Uh, yeah, and so it's it's tainted me a little bit. Uh, so so there's like Humblewood, this new uh, campaign setting that's out, but I keep wanting to call it Humblewood. An <laughs> so, aristocrat. Yes, yes, yes. So, All right, let me get you this plug in. Is there a way that they can buy from Etten online? Yes, and that's, that's easy enough. That's ettengames.com, E-T-T-I-N games.com, and... Um, we have all our inventory on there, including our card singles. Uh, we do pre-orders on there. Um, you can see the live inventory there at the store, and we do ship orders of $100 or more free shipping in the U.S. Uh, also, it's really helped our local customers, too, because uh, Houston, the metro area being so huge and spread out or you know people being busy, mm-hmm. they can buy their products online and then just do store pickup. We do that too as a shipping option to the store pickup and that's been really convenient and that, that's something that's good that came out of 2020 for us mm-hmm. it's been really um that has has been a good a good development so we've sort of grown our business a little there with not a massive amount but uh some extra online business where we've been shipping worldwide uh to customers uh and um also, at the same time, it's been really helpful for us, even with our local customers, uh, just to be able to go uh, e- even, you know, oh, hey, do you guys have this stuff? Yes, we do. And, you know, we'll message them back, and here's the link where you can you Yeah, know, you can get it, it right now. Yeah, so that's been really good for us. And um, the uh, it also, of course, helps customers and look, and they can see just the kind of products we sell. Mm-hmm. Right? So they can, even new customers coming to us. Um, that has, uh, we, we have that now. I know when I come to here or North Texas, when I come to, um, the long con North Texas RPG con, those, I bring a lot of out of print stuff mm-hmm, for sure. And that is stuff that is not currently online in our store. So if anybody's ever looking for any out of print stuff, they can always just reach out to me and message us or email and I can, you know, dig around. But one goal that we do have is at least to get some of that stuff on our shelves in the store and um, to also make it available online. Our biggest, the biggest thing right now is the reason we don't have it is, is uh, square footage limitations. Yeah, I was going to say that. When I was up at your shop back for MagCon, yeah. that's the one thing. It's a great store, but it seemed like you guys might be about to outgrow it. What do you say? Oh, that's absolutely so. Yeah. We're at 2,000 square feet right now, and it's just when we first opened up like eight years ago, uh, it almost like the entire area was tables, like gaming tables, and there was like a very small area of product mm-hmm. and that has just steadily increased and flipped over the months and the years there and so now we're down to like probably two-thirds of the store being retail space and a third of it being play space and even then it's like the, the two-thirds that's the retail area mm-hmm. with all the, the products it's like we can't fully um, merchandise things like we want to and we're, we're trying to we're kind of running out of 
of room. So what we did, what we finally lined up is that we are going to be uh, expanding. And by the first of the year, if everything goes according to plan and the build out goes well, uh, we will be in a space that's about 30, a little over 3,800 square feet. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. Going to have um, twice the retail area, uh, twice the game space plus uh, that we currently have, and um, two private gaming rooms in there. So that'll be especially good for our RPG players. Mm. Uh, we can we can set it up. And there will be more, a little bit more soundproofing, and we're we're probably going to have those pretty optimized for that. So we're, I mean, we're really pretty excited about that. Plus, we'll have two restrooms. Oh yeah, you need, you've <laughs> got to have that. Well, I will say when we visited uh, back earlier for MagCon, one of the things that I was so impressed with is what a huge selection of different RPGs you have. A lot of places you go into, and it's pretty much all fifth edition stuff. And maybe you'll find an old Pathfinder book or something. But you guys had a little bit of everything on the shelves. You had the Black Hack that we've been looking for. Uh, you guys are probably about one of the only ones that have the Barbarians of the Ruined Earth on yeah. the shelves. So, I mean, Let's do I found all kinds of good stuff. You the Osric stuff. You had the Osric stuff yeah. on the shelf for me. Yeah, that, that has always been, first off, our, our core product is, and probably main part of it is, we, we try to be pretty diverse overall. And, you know, board games have always been a big leader for us. And, of course, you know, we have Magic and Pokemon, which are, you know, like most hobby swords. And we have Warhammer, mm -hmm. uh, which has been uh, really taken off for us lately. But we've always also had a lot of RPG stuff. And uh, uh, really, at, uh, I feel like we've been pretty, you know, pretty well leaders in the D&D in, in &D community, uh, especially with the release of 5e. Um, when, when it first happened, because it happened the same year, just so happened, the same year that we opened. Yeah, uh, wow. Really it's a, hard to think that it's been around for eight years now, yeah. even fifth edition. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I think about it, but it's true. It's like really about six months into us being open, they uh, came out with 5e, and um, uh, they the with 5e... Um, that was really a game changer for us as a store because it really boosted our sales in, yeah. in the RPG category. Yeah, so, I can imagine. So I definitely, I give 5e credit for that because they um, they came back and honestly, in just what was going on in our market, um, one of the things was we were not we did not sell a lot of Pathfinder product. Like we had some, but I might sell at that time two or or, th or three rule books a month if I was lucky mm -hmm. and with 5e coming out we were selling uh, like well first off right off the bat when it first came off we you know you get like 25 30 of these players handbooks and they were just gone in a weekend mm -hmm. and uh, so to us at the time we were still pretty fledgling we're like you know wow you know this 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 is good and so it was very consistently where we were selling like a half dozen copies of the player's handbook a week mm -hmm. and it's kind of cooled off a bit still but still that's that's something where on any given week you know we're selling three to six copies of player's handbooks um, because there's more still more and more people coming into that so uh, c commercially uh, and just communally it, it has been good we have a lot of people playing D&D in the shop um, we don't do actually a lot of organized play in the shop there's really not mm -hmm. much of that going on uh, it's just 
some changes with the Adventurers League and so forth, and yeah. that's on. But we have a lot of people doing like um, just sort of homebrew stuff, and uh, there's we we have some beginner tables, so we're we, we're always working to try to have those beginner tables available because there's always folks coming in interested in learning how to play. And so uh, th- that's where I think 5e is it's got the name brand recognition. Oh yeah. Right. And it's and it's uh and it's a it's a good system and with that. But at the same time, there are other RPGs out there. And yeah. so we have a lot of folks who play Call of Cthulhu and um we've been lucky to have you know people who have been solid and, and run that in the shop and and that we've had we have that and of course then we have uh a lot of the osr type games yep. um like the black hack like ose like swords and wizardry um osric etc and all of those have you know we we like to promote that and we like to we because they're fun systems well, I think when and we came to MagCon, it kind of one of the things that we got from you was, would you guys please run something that's not 5th edition? Not that there's anything wrong with it, but will you guys come in and put in some variety too so there is something exactly. else? I mean, well, and that's the thing, some, some things besides, um, because at MagCon, what we'll often do is most, almost everything will be 5e and it will be adventurously. There was a lot of it, yeah. And and that's that's great and and of course for me it's also nice because I get the assistance from the Adventure League uh, Adventurers League folks mm-hmm. they will um, do do that uh, and organize all that sort of get all the scenarios and line up the GMs and that's a big help to me and and obviously Five E and Adventurers League is a big draw. So okay. that's great for our tenants. In the past, we've also had this, although we, you know, with COVID and stuff, we didn't have it this past year. Um, and, and actually the year before, um, just for the timing, uh, with the con was canceled, obviously, in 2020, but in 2021, just because of the timing, we didn't have it. But um, the Houston Pathfinder Society uh, and, of course, slash Starfinder Society, and they usually come out. So usually we have this LGI that's like split 50% Pathfinder slash Starfinder. You know, it's, uh, there are like half a dozen tables in the room, and the other half a dozen tables are 5e mm-hmm. AL. And so my well, what I'm always trying to do is get to some other variety because we can usually get Call of Cthulhu games if we can get mm-hmm. somebody running that. Those fill up. Um, we've run uh, – we've had people do uh, – like BX type stuff, uh, BX D and D. We've had folks run um, Black Hack, uh, etc. And so that's yeah. Always looking for that variety. DCC. We've done that there, of course. And um, this past year, our attendance was probably about a third of what it was normally. Yeah, just, but I just, think everybody can say that. Yeah, convention wise. And uh, so, you know, we didn't necessarily get all the participation we wanted. It was still successful from a mm-hmm. fundraising standpoint because everything that we make at the con goes to the school, and it's really our only fundraiser that we have. And so that was still successful, um, but it, the, the, the tennis was definitely down. And hopefully that'll, that'll rebound uh, in 2022. Um, but uh, we... I think we're definitely always trying to find 
ways to uh, to grow the RPG community and the variety. And I've got, um, you know, a lot of that too is just putting it, you know, giving people opportunities to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's in-store events uh, with uh, like DCC Day or Free RPG Day or, you know, we even tried to do like OSR Day and, and where we've had to try to run some of the um, – you know the OSR type, uh, old school like AD and D and D and D clones and things mm-hmm. like that, um, and also get uh, when we can um, some some guests. So we've had you know we had some artists in there before. Um, we have uh, an artist there locally, uh, Mark Lyons, who is actually done a lot of the pen and ink work and uh, for OSE for Old School Essentials. And uh, he does some really beautiful stuff that he's done for there. And so we've had him out as a guest. Um, we uh, had Mark Nelson a few years back who did a bunch of pen and ink work. He lives in Houston, and he did for old TSR. So mm-hmm. he did a lot of the stuff that some of – there's things like some of the old modules. You'll, you'll find some of his pen and ink work there. But um, if you ever remember those one-on-one books mm-hmm. they used to have, yeah. he did a lot of that, like the Fafford and Gray Mouser versus the – like, like there's that. If you go through, and uh, he was at North Texas. I met him at North Texas, and then I was like, oh, you live in Houston. And then so we kind of yeah. was a guest. and. And uh, we do that. Uh, we've had Matt Finch out because uh, he at one time lived down in Sugarland. So um, we're trying to do stuff like that, and and just you know, it's, it's sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's not. You know, it's just a persistence thing. Uh, I think more than anything, you just mm-hmm. kind of keep you know trying it out and figuring out. Okay, well, what, what you know, this this was right. You know, this this didn't go so well, or it may be what factors. Did we not market it the right way, or did we not give enough lead time, or you know, you know what what works and what doesn't? And still, it's an always it's an ongoing process, and sometimes, and then sometimes there's just things beyond your control you don't know about that just you're missed. Yeah. Like even all the time, we're like we'll have this event, and we'll just be like, man, we thought this was going to be a hit, and like nobody showed. Yeah, and, you know, and it's like we're you know what's going on, and you know sometimes you never know. You might be up against uh, you know sports playoffs or uh in the Ren fair or you know it's yeah. beautiful weather outside i mean i can't blame people for you know with when in houston when it's like no humidity or relatively low humidity and it's like you know mid 60s and you know 70 degrees like they want to be outside you know it's like we don't get many days like that yeah <laughs> very true all right let me set you up with this question because this is one that me and matt have talked up uh, quite a bit is supporting your friendly local game shop. So even if you are not in Humble, Texas, or the greater Houston area, this is still kind of your friendly local game shop because you've supported so much gaming across Texas. I mean, touch us here at Longview at the Long Con in Dallas at NTRPG. So uh, the question I'm going to give you is, why should people support their friendly local game shops? Oh, okay. Why people should support their friendly local game store? I think that is a great question. I mean, people ask this all the time, or you know, they'll come in and, well, do you do you match Amazon's prices and all that? And uh, I, you know, look at this, and there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways. And you're you're right, we we don't match Amazon's prices, and that's because I often look at it and I I say, well, you know, we don't actually sell the same product as Amazon does. 
Because Amazon can get you that book or that board game or something like that, and they'll ship it to you, and they're great. They're very good at that. Um, I mean, I shop on Amazon, too, for stuff. I mean, everybody does for stuff. I mean, there's, that's the way it is. But, you know, I was like people, and I think a lot of people do consider that, is that the difference is, is like, yeah, that player's handbook that I sell, for instance, is is different from the one that they sell on Amazon because mine comes with somebody who smiles and talks to you and explains the game and is willing to work with you and we provide my mine also comes with a community of players mm-hmm. and a play space which is highly important right yeah. there yeah you can't you don't you don't play it solo right yep right you don't these are these are social games and you need a group of people to play with and unless you already have a group already ready to go at the house, um, that play space that we help provide, even even if it's even if you don't in the long term end up playing uh, at our shop, it gives you a, a gateway to network. It's a home base for people. the community. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Exactly. It provides you a network and you can find people and you can go in there and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm comfortable with going to this person's house or I'm comfortable inviting these people over to my house because, you know, they seem like decent people and so we don't necessarily have to stay and play at the shop, but it gives you an introduction. Just like cons, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You can go to a local con and meet people and it gives you that sort of neutral ground to, to do that. But you get that experienced um a group of people who are willing to teach you the game and 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 Amazon doesn't you know like places like that don't have that you know you know Barnes and Noble they don't have that they're nobody in that you know store they they may not even know I'd be surprised if they actually even know anything about it yeah and you know, then the selection or even tell you there's about no the competition exactly and so I think that's the the biggest the biggest factor is that yes um, we 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 charge MSRP uh, we're not we're not overcharging because we're actually charging the manufacturer suggested retail price but the we have a lot of value added to that yeah. and and that's really what it looks like it's a it's a it's a value added um, thing and that is ultimately what happens is we get folks there regularly where they're playing card games, board games, war games, uh, RPGs, etc. It becomes like, you know, the analogy that people always use is like their cheers. You know, right. Like, right? It's yeah, like, that's perfect. Like, or, you know, where they go, they got friends uh, and people, They and, and, and it's, a, it's a large group. And then on top of that, we're there as, as, um, moderators if you will in that in that instance as the the hosts of mm-hmm. the facility uh, to make sure that the, we maintain a, a positive environment and and everybody's safe yeah, exactly and so there's there's that so you know and that that's where it's good for you know you can bring your kids uh you can bring uh your wives and girlfriends and because i mean let's be honest like most of the time and this is tent has traditionally been gaming has traditionally been a male dominated uh hobby and you know i yeah i think it's great that we have more people involved uh that you're looking at you having more uh, women involved and uh, kids of so boys and girls 
uh, we get a lot of folks coming in playing D and D with their kids. Um, you know that in their wargaming with their kids, uh, and I think that's I think that's great. And I, I think the biggest like a lot a lot of couples that come in and play, and I think that's a lot that that's great because it just I mean obviously for one thing it's you know it's more customers and more versus you know <laughs> diversity of my customer base but but the other thing is just i think it's overall it's uh it's as good to have uh that that, that friendly environment and it's also too we you know we've discussed this also we try to maintain a family friendly environment um it it can, it can be a challenge at times you know mainly you know sometimes um language is probably the, probably the number one issue so i was always trying to keep people aware of like hey mm -hmm. uh, especially if there are kids around you know watch your language yeah um but it's also too why you know i know a lot of places go into serving alcohol and you know that's something mm -hmm. we've looked at but we thought yeah, about i don't we think thought so, about yeah. it and we just have decided that that's not really our route because mm -hmm. Once you introduce that, there's a lot of people, they, they don't want to have their kids right. in there. Yeah, and imagine. you also, yeah, well, the other problem is, is this, you know, 90, 95% of the people are going to be just fine with drinking, yep. but there's always going to be that small percentage that just, they, they, they can't handle it and they become really bad behavior when they're, uh, you know, when they get drunk or they've been drinking. And so we just, we didn't, we didn't want, you know, that as part of that environment. So I know that people have talked about that at times, but our, our goal is to just try to have one clean. Here's the other thing. This is another thing, a tip for all game stores. Uh, so this is a trade secret. Um, when people walk in the door, say hi. And oh, greet wow. them and be friendly. Now, I was going to say, don't smell like a locker room. <laughs> well, okay. That's, as soon as you that, open the door. That's another trade secret. So <laughs> Clean the place. First trade secret is, <laughs> the first trade secret is actually greet people and act like you're happy that they came in. Yeah. Uh, and, and We've got a perfect example of people that. that aren't doing that. Yeah. And I, I just really, I think if you look at like our reviews, we get a lot of feedback on how friendly folks is. And it's always something that's, yeah, we get busy and we get distracted. And, but it's always something that we talk about being mindful of is make sure that we pay attention to folks and make sure, you know, make sure that, you know, they feel welcome. Cause I mean, after all there, that's, that's part of it. It's like you, you can't, there should not be in my mind, there should not be this automatic support your friendly local game store. Mm -hmm. Right. The, 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 your, your friendly if local game store needs to be worthy of it. Yep. And so they need to have the, 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 the F part, the friendly part in there. And they need to be worthy, I, I think. I All feel right. like that. It's like we – so that's why we try to make that effort. I, another trade secret, and this is especially important for attracting uh, female clientele, clean restrooms. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. All right. In fact, a funny story. Okay. One of the reasons why um, it was such a big deal – when we got started uh, at Etten Games, when we started, one of the, one of the big knocks against the, the the place that we used to patronize as customers was that they had absolutely 
nasty, nasty bathrooms. Yep. And we were playing Pathfinder Society at the time, and there was a lot of ladies in there, and they would actually leave the game store and walk down to the corner convenience store, which was actually kind of sketchy looking. Kind of sketchy looking convenience store, but they would go there to use the restroom. Even the guys, the guys were... We'd go in there, I mean, and we would look around, and it was a little, we were a little uncertain about standing in the restroom oh, and using it. So, so the the fact that we kept trying to sort of nudge, and, and at times uh, we even, this has actually happened, we actually even offered to uh, help the business and, you know, improve, because you understand it's, you know, there's labor involved, know-how, there's a little bit of money, and it's like, man, if you get the materials, we, you know, I happened to used to work for Home Depot, and we had other people had some skills. We helped to remodel some things and um, clean things up, and just like, hey, you know, when the maintenance and stuff, because it was nasty, and they just didn't think it was an issue. They just didn't care. And so, one of the one of the things we tried to do is is make sure we had those clean restrooms. Now. I'm not going to say that our restroom is perfect all the time, but it's it's something that we are mindful of, and I will tell you that it is it is a topic of discussion for us in staff meetings and stuff like that. It's like make sure that we're keeping yeah. this this clean and and do that, you know, because because people appreciate it. I mean, the customers appreciate it, and especially the ladies, because you know, a lot of guys they don't care, mm-hmm. but they'll have it as a locker room. Yeah. Yeah, you want to make sure that we're we're keeping it clean, and yes, the the odor is unfortunately this thing. We we we're, we're lucky that actually that has not been much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Actually, some of the worst things were next to a pizza place, and sometimes people order pizza with onions on it. Oh man, yeah, and that smells like beef. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. So sometimes it's like, oh. Who perpetrated that on us? All right. (laughs) Let me drop this one on you and see how many times you get asked it. Should I, and that's not me, that's the general public I, do you get this one a lot? Should I open a game store? Ooh. Um, Good, good. That's the response I want. Yeah. So, should I? I think a lot of times, this is like, this is like people, I think they have sort of a romantic idea about opening game stores or even for work, sure. even working in a game store. First and foremost, it's a business. And it's a it's a retail business. And and that's the first thing is a lot of times people want to open a game store and they look at it as a clubhouse. Yep. And and that's fine if you have enough money where you just want to have a clubhouse and you can do that, then then set it up as such. But if you actually want it to be a functional business, you it, it's it's work, and it, it will. And a lot of people, they like they, it. Sounds good. They think it's a great idea, and then they find out oh it's work. And and I can tell you the early years of Etten, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. I ha- did have some previous experience working uh, in a game store, uh, helping run one for some friends of mine. And I, I, so I had a little bit of an idea, and I, and I'd worked in retail before, uh, getting into teaching. Um, I knew it was going to be work. I knew it was not going to be just me hanging around playing games all the time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And especially, the more successful you become, the more work it is you know to maintain it. And of course, if you got more products, so it 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 increases. And I think a lot of people they don't 
they're not realistic about that or um they they and that also goes for people who want to go work there a lot of i get applications all the time people all the time and um it's a it's a it's a fine balance of i mean it's just tricky business because a lot of folks and i look at the resume and the applications they put in and uh i do like to have folks that have some experience with the the games because that helps product knowledge obviously to help customers and and help you know to to sell but at the same time you know you have to sort of feel it out especially when in the interview process and, and find out well you know is this somebody who's actually looking at this is not like this fun place to yeah to work. it's all fun yeah and and yeah it's it's a it's a job and it 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 it, it requires it's a, it is a fun it can be a very fun environment oh, yeah. to work on and it's and part of that is because of just like the things that we do we sell fun right so that you know but that takes work to do but it does also help that being a small business we're not a as as rigid as they would often find say in like a corporate environment which mm-hmm. being that it's such a large organization tends to i mean just has rules and 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 uh, layouts uh, functions that you know policies in place for understandably because they're dealing with sometimes thousands of employees across the country the world and so they have to have certain things in place and do things very rigidly and and not uh, have flexibility in certain things because they're just trying to deal with it you know it's a difference between trying to schedule five people and schedule 200 people mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so there's there's some definite upside to it and of course you know employed you know they're gamers uh, employee discount doesn't hurt either mm-hmm. um but uh it it is it is a, it is a challenge and it is um in our particular case uh, an additional challenge is we have we went in with not a lot of cap we didn't have a lot of capital starting mm-hmm. up and so we made up for that with uh a lot of it's like sweat, sweat equity. 